Welcome to On the Journey with Carissa and Friends, part of my journey of faith ministries. I'm Carissa Hardage, and I'm excited to have you join me each week as I chat with friends about the ups and downs of their journeys of faith. You'll become familiar with voices such as Shelley Chandler, Sarah Here, Rebecca Bean, and more. And you will also hear from stories of women who have experienced victories and struggles, but continue to trust God on their journeys. Hebrews 3.13 tells us to encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today. In other words, we were never meant to do life alone. So join us each week for a little bit of encouragement and for strategies to help each other navigate as we continue on the journey together. Hi, everybody. Thank you for coming back and joining us again this week for On the Journey with Carissa and Friends. I am here with my precious friend, Deb Rice. And Deb, we started a conversation last week on pornography. And I'm, we're going we're gonna to reintroduce you in just a second. But last week, it was a heavy, heavy topic that we both felt very passionate about and felt a lot of spiritual battle about and had our own little wrestling with the warfare that came with it. Do you agree? Oh, I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. So you joined me last week. And the reason why I asked you to join me for this conversation is number one, you're as bold as I am and you are a truth teller and you are not afraid of a hard topic, which I absolutely love. If you guys don't believe me, go to her Twitter account and you will see that Deb Rice is one who takes on hard topics. And, but she does it with grace and she does it with a way that is never shaming or condemning, but always opening up the floor to have more dialogue that is healthy, which is what we absolutely 100% need in the world that we live in today. And the other reason why I asked you about this, Deb, is because you have what I referred to last week as personal frontline experience, and that's simply because you work with youth on a regular basis in a, in a pretty small town in Little Rock, but one that has had its, in uh, I'm sorry, in Arkansas, but one that has had its fair share of spiritual battles. And you've been knee deep in the trenches with some of these precious kiddos who are going through these battles and being confronted and tempted on a regular basis. And you have children of your own. And so not only are you speaking from a ministry standpoint, but you are also speaking from a mom standpoint, which I also am. And we love our kids and we care about our kids, but we love all kids and we love all people. And that's why we feel like this conversation on pornography is, it's critical, right? Yes. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about our week last week. <laughs> oh, our week. What so, did you say? What did you say to me when we agreed to record so this? When we first agreed to do this together and take on this battle together, I flat out said to you, be prepared and armored up because we will come under fire. And it was so entertaining to me because I think you envisioned the being under fire in one way. Yes. Um, and you pictured it going to be the way of like, oh, I don't. And you were so bold in your statements as Carissa is. And she's saying, well, no one's going to stop me and no one's going to come. But it wasn't 
flesh. That yeah, it wasn't against. people. <laughs> it's like your expectation of what you were ready to battle wasn't even what was used against you. <laughs> Which is very typical of snaky serpents, uh, what crafty say. Yes. So, I mean, that was the beginning of it. And, and you and I have had nothing but kind of like these weird, strange issues pop up where half of our recording went missing, yeah. like completely gone. Like even technology savvy people could not retrieve these eight minutes of powerhouse that we brought to the table to try to share this message. And they have no explanation as to why. Yeah. Like there's no rational reason. And what's so interesting about all of this. So just a little behind the scenes for those of you listening about how we record. Um, a lot of times when we have a podcast and it's a topic that we know is going to be a long topic, we'll split it into parts. And so last week we recorded both parts. We just, we separated them into chunks based on kind of what we wanted to share. Well, the first part recorded beautifully um, on my Skype, but on the device that it records to, to, in order for me to podcast it, it didn't record. Neither parts did. Well, I was able to record both parts on Skype and because it's really cool the way all of this works and, and I won't get into details, but I was able to salvage it and I was able to salvage the second part. And that's the part that we lost eight minutes of conversation that we, it's in the void. It's out in the technology void. And guess what part, can you just please tell people what specific part we were talking about that is lost in the void? So in the void, it's talking about shame. It's talking about redemption. It's talking about you are still worthy no matter what you're going through. It is the part that makes you realize the grace and love that God has no matter what trench you're in and no matter what you or your kids or your family is going through. It's, It's God really wrapping around what could be a shameful conversation, but ensuring us that He is not here to push shame upon us, but rather revive us. And redeem us. And so that is proof that when what we're talking about right now, somebody listening, I'm going to share the educational aspects. I'm going to share how pornography damages our brain. I'm going to share how it talks about addiction. Deb's going to share about how marketers are targeting you specifically. But what Satan does not want you to hear is that you can be freed from any bondage of shame that comes with it. Because I can give you all the facts all day long, but somebody is still sitting in a dark room seeking out this coping mechanism or this addiction. And there's a cycle where you know all the facts, but it's shame that keeps you from freedom. And so we're telling you today, right now, before we even get going on the rest of this stuff, You do not have to be in bondage to shame anymore. All you have to do is speak light into that dark place. Sit down in your room by yourself in front of that computer screen and confess and shed light in the name of Jesus. And shame is no longer going to hold you in bondage. And if you don't hear anything else that we say today, if you don't hear any other content of this podcast, if you shut it off right after I get done speaking right now, 
Deb and I both want you to know that Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose again from the grave and is alive and well in heaven, intervening on your behalf so that you never have to be in bondage from shame. Yes. 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 You are still loved no matter what. That's right. So technology may have got the best of us last week. But it is not going to get the best of us this week because I just spent an hour getting this thing to work and we are ready to rock and roll. So I want to get into this. Um, from, so from last week, Deb, can you just kind of remind people what we shared last week? Some of the, just the high points really quickly before we go into all the brain developmental stuff. So last week we just began sharing pornography in general and the, the epidemic that is out there, but yet we... It's a hard conversation to have, which is why we just really started opening that gate up of the conversation of what our kids are seeing, what the youth I work with are telling me, what, you know, what barriers we may be thinking we're putting in place, but that there's alternate routes that the enemy has created for our children to still have access. So we've really gotten to like the heart of, you know, we might think we're... that we're completely secure and our kids are secure. But what we started getting into is all these crafty ways that it's still coming into our children's lives. Yeah. And, and the number one protection that they have is going to be you as parents and really being truly aware of the danger that is risked to them. Because what we're concerned about is that our society, whether you're a Christian or not, is going to a place where we're minimizing the dangers and the risks and the destruction associated with pornography. Yes. And so what I wanted to talk about for just a second before we continue forward is that and i mentioned i think i mentioned last week that some of the trainings that i've been doing as a counselor in addiction awareness and addiction training and recovery work is centering on things like pornography and the reason why is because pornography is hitting the same reward center of our brain that drugs and alcohol hit And so the way our brain is wired, we have certain, our reward center is created basically for our survival. So we are made by God to be people who crave certain things that we know will help us be healthy and it will help us survive. And one of those things is sex. And so sex is directly connected to our reward center because our body wants us to multiply. We're Genesis 1 go and multiply, right? Be fruitful. And so we are designed for multiplication. And that's why sex and marriage in the context of safety and marriage is beautiful and wonderful and precious. And that's the way God intended it to be. But what happens is when we watch pornography, when we take in that visual that's going to stimulate our reward center and we pair it with an emotion, that creates a neural pathway, And neural pathways emit certain kinds of chemicals in our brain that make us want to do it, that thing, more. Because neural neural pathways are the way that we gain information and thought process and memory and, um, and, and process information throughout our entire brain. So what pornography does is that it, we take this pornography in through our visual center, we pair it with an emotion, which is usually um, pleasure or 
control or whatever that emotion may be. And then it travels into our reward center because it thinks that it's sex. It's triggering the same sort of chemicals that come up with sex. Dopamine is a signature one that keeps us going back for more. Dopamine is what gets us craving those things and longing for those things and reacting to those things that are going into our reward center that are supposed to be keeping us healthy and alive. Unfortunately, what we're doing instead is feeding that imitation products like pornography in our case or um, or alcohol or really high chocolate content cake. It's, it's stimulating imitation, uh, imitations of what our reward center is truly craving. So as we're taking in this pleasure seeker of pornography, then it's paired with this feeling that we have and it makes a neural pathway and it emits a chemical, one of which is dopamine, which makes us crave more. That's the basis of addiction 101. But then also it's triggering a learning chemical. And I'm not going to get all crazy techie, but this learning chemical is what comes when we are in environments, of, in educational environments. It's the thing that helps our brain retain. It's the chemical that helps our brain retain information, and it solidifies this pathway even more deeply. So not only are you triggering the chemical that causes you to crave, which is dopamine, but you're also triggering a chemical that's causing you to learn So you're learning and craving simultaneously, which is very dangerous because that is a powerful cocktail that makes people keep going back for more and more and more and more. And the problem is we build up tolerance because, once again, this is an imitation drug, if you will. And so we build up tolerance and we need more extremes, and we need more um, images, we need more activities, and that's why what we see a lot of times is people who take in addiction, take in pornography, and it becomes an addiction, instead of just watching pornography, it starts to become an action because watching it isn't enough. It's just not enough. And so then what we're seeing happen is one image we see one image on a TV screen and you take our kids, our sweet, precious kids, guys, they're, they, they only have their tiniest bit of brain developed at this point. Most of the time, if they're 11, which is the first um, recorded, that's kind of the average, according to science, that kids get exposed to pornography. These guys barely have their frontal lobes going. And yet they're seeing these things that are engraving neural pathways in their brains as their sweet frontal lobes are forming. And they're engraving these things so that they are learning and teaching themselves, number one, this is normal. And number two, I need more. And it is really causing an epidemic, I believe, of addiction and um and dangerous interactions with sex, and it's hindering what would become otherwise possible healthy relationships and healthy interactions with sex. Do you have anything else to add to that, Deb? No. um, I mean, that was perfectly stated where it's, and I said this last week, it is an itch that you just can't get relief from once you've opened it up. Yeah. Um, and, and our, so go ahead. No, I was just going to say there's no going back. 
And that's the problem is that what happens when our kids believe that this is true. And and I think if we're honest with ourselves as adults, those of us who are listening who have dabbled in porn or been exposed to porn or um, growing up viewed porn, I think if we're really honest with ourselves and we dig into the root of some of the things that are causing us conflict in our marriages and the divorce rates that we talked about last time, we can even ourselves, if we're really being honest, go back to pornography as a trigger, as a start point, And we can remember the way that we felt if we experienced it. And we know deep down that it's, it's, it's fraudulent. Even if we don't know that word, even if we don't know that that's what that means, there's something that we feel. There's a reason why we hide it. There's yes. a reason why we hide it. Yep. And so... Uh, it's really funny. I was sharing with you earlier. I, I really wanted to dig into some resources and do some research on this. And we're going to talk in a minute. You're going to share some secular resources that I think are critical for people to explore because I just gave a snippet of how risky it is for our our physical brain development and how it's triggering very real addiction. And these kids, they don't, they can't do anything about it. It's, it's literally their brain responding to an image on a screen or a show on Netflix that is triggering the spiral that they don't even know is happening. Um, and so I wanted to seek out some resources and guys, there is article after article after article in Christianity today. You can go onto Christianity today and type in pornography or on relevant magazine that are Christian publications. And we can see families, husbands, pastors, youth pastors, wives who are having affairs. These things are beginning and rooted in addiction to pornography. So Satan is looking at our kids and thinking, okay, I got my next target. What are we going to do about it? And he's using what you are super familiar with, Deb, which is marketing strategies. There's yes. a reason why we can get on Netflix and find simulated sex on PG-13 shows. Well, and you don't even have to go on Netflix. Just watch a football game and the commercial. girl, and- yes. And our kids are watching our football games thinking, well, it's a football game. It's fine. But um, sex sells. It's basic consumer psychology of really the last 20 years, but it's really been getting more and more progressive. Um, There are actual marketing psychologists who... I mean, what do we do? So my background is business. I have a business degree before I ever got into ministry. And these marketers don't really care what happens to you. They are there to sell. Yeah. And they will sell at all cost. And in the world we're living in, we we ended last week with talking about, you know, this is a consumer issue. It's a consumer driven thing. And it's because we are desensitized. And so things, and and I talked a little bit about that last week where things had to progress because we become more and more desensitized. And this is what's happening with our commercials even. Um, So I worked in really high end jewelry when I first started in my business world. And most advertisements, you know, are showing jewelry in a sexual way. Yeah. No, you're not seeing things happen in a commercial, but you're seeing some sort of like 
movement that even is suggesting that this will make you feel sexier. This will make you more um, seem it will help lust really of the eyes. Yeah. And that's really where this is stemming from. I mean, you don't really see alcohol now advertised without some sort of sexual connotation with it. You don't really see. And and if you even just flip through a magazine or you watch a trailer or you look at a billboard so regularly now, are we seeing some form of lusting? Well, well they're, they're doubling down on targeting our reward center, right? They're doubling well, that, down on it. Well, we're living in a world of we want reward all the time. Yeah. So if that's going to give us constant reward, absolutely, that's where we're going to hunt. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so the, these things are all going together. Um, and, and I think it would be easy for parents to get discouraged, you know, yes. with with all the different ways that our kids can be reached. It's super easy for us to get discouraged and get down and get overwhelmed or throw our hands up and say, well, they're going to see it anyway. Oh, well, you know, but that's kind of the opposite of what we want to encourage our parents to do. We want to give you real steps to take. And and we just want to encourage you as you parent well and really consider this Consider this a big deal. We really want to implore you guys, don't minimize the impact. This can be your kids' sexual health. It can be their it, it can be their their marriage, their ability to have healthy relationships. We we want you to see how important this is, but we also want to encourage you in the process. So how would you encourage some of the parents that are listening today who may be overwhelmed by the fact that it is everywhere? That it is everywhere we look on the TV and on the billboards and on our phones and it's in everything. How would you encourage these parents today? So Number one is we can't be naive to what's around us. We can't believe we're going to be able to shelter our children from the real world that we're living in. So the ultimate vital step is conversation. Yes. It's being real with where you're at and the education component. So while you're having these real conversations, I'm going to be 100% honest. Since Chris and I started having this conversation, you know, my son is in fifth grade Mm -hmm. and I've been kind of navigating around and and he is high functioning autistic. Mm -hmm. So he takes things a little differently than a child with a normal developed brain. And he doesn't process what I'm saying the same way. Like he takes things very literal. Right. And so for me to navigate these conversations with him, it can be even more challenging and confusing. So in this past week, when we've even been talking about these things, I've been trying to navigate my own dialogue with him of how to approach what he's seeing and what he may be confronted with and what he even sees on the TV where I'm like, turn your head, Um, you know? And so knowing what's going on around us and being hyper aware of it, I think is vital right now. Like, because we're desensitized to it, we need to like step back for a minute and actually look and be like, what am I really looking at? What am I actually seeing? Like, because you're desensitized to you, it's nothing. But if you actually sat there and, and 
thought about it for a minute, you might actually see something different. Yes. And so I think being aware of what's around you and then being able to have the constructive conversation with, so one of the, the websites that I've used a lot recently when teaching kids is fightthenewdrug.org. It gives a lot of statistics. Yes, it gives a lot of statistics. It gives a lot of factual information. It is not Christian-based because this is a epidemic whether you're Christian or not Christian. It does, This has no economic barriers. It has no race barrier. It has no male-female barrier. Like It does not matter where you are, what you come from, who you are. This has the potential to wreak havoc in your home yes. and in your mind and in your forever life. Yes. So this is vital that we really look at the information that's out there and not just be naive to saying, well, we're Christians, so we're not around people like that. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yeah. Yeah. Almost every person you know around you has a story of some sort that deals with pornography. Yes. I agree. And I would encourage you guys go to fightthenewdrug.org because it educates you on um, kind of like what we were talking about before, the biology behind porn and the science behind why it's damaging. Not to mention, um, I feel like, do we need to talk about the spiritual aspect of why it's damaging? I feel like if you're a Christian, you know. You should know at this point that pornography is damaging, my husband says, to your soul. It's a soul eater is what he calls it. Um, It is so destructive to our souls because it it pulls us in. Lust is what Satan has used time and time and time again. It toppled Solomon. It toppled David. It took both of them out. It threatened the line of Christ. If you look all through scripture, it's lust. It's lust that, that threatened the line of Christ more than anything else, more than war more than anything else, it's lust. Yeah. So it's a spiritual issue, but we really also want you to see it, it is a very real um, physiological issue that can cause addiction. And if you wouldn't hand your kid a joint or you wouldn't hand them a line of cocaine, then we need to be just as diligent about what is in their hands and coming into their eyes as into their yes. bodies. Yes. I would also encourage, and you can kind of tell me what you think. I would say the most important thing that you can do as a parent is ask questions. Yes. If you don't know where to start. Well, and and the question I even want to say to the parent is, what are you willing to do? What are you willing to say? And what are you willing to change? And those are questions you need to ask yourself even before you start asking your kids questions. Is this really a big deal to you? And if it's not, what are the risks involved with it not being a big deal to you? I would like to read this verse really quick in 1 Peter 1, 13 through 14. Therefore, with your minds ready for action, be sober-minded and set your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed. Do not be conformed to the desires of your former ignorance. We are no longer going to be ignorant in this topic. If you go 
and you become educated and you ask yourselves the questions that Deb just posed. What are you willing to do? What do you really believe? What do you truly think about this? And you're willing to explore those. Ignorance is no longer an option, which means action has to happen. Yes. Because you know the risks. It is time to take back our homes from Satan. He no longer has reign here. And that's what we need to be telling ourselves right now in this very moment. And I want you to say it with me. He no longer has any reign here. Mm. Amen. He has no reign here. Amen, sister. Amen. Guys, our kids have enough coming at them. Sometimes I feel overwhelmed by the world that they're going to be raised in. Um, This is a post-Christian world. And we got to teach our kids to protect themselves and to protect their hearts and their minds and their marriages and their relationships. We've got to teach them to protect themselves. And, and there's so many different ways to do that, that this is just a beginning point. This is a foundational principle that we've got to protect them from because our, our generation is suffering the consequences of exposure, Yes. We don't we don't want the next generation to suffer those consequences as well. No. And you we know, know now and we're starting yeah. to talk more now. So we've got to do something about it. We can't brush it under the rug any longer. Let's keep talking. Yes. Let's keep talking parents. Let's keep talking to each other. Let's keep asking our kids hard questions and and embrace ourselves to accept the answers we have to be the safe place. So we have to hear what our kids have to say. And then we have to help them navigate because once again, their sweet little frontal lobes aren't prepared to fight this battle on their own. So we have to be willing to go there with them. We have to, we can't be afraid. We can't be ashamed and we can't shove it under the rug anymore. Like it's not happening. Like Deb said, we can't be naive. Yes. And we need to not shame those that are fighting this battle. That's we the need big one I wanted to end it. on. Yes. Yes. So, we need to come at it in a loving, caring way. So what we started with, we're going to end with, and Deb, I would love for you to share a quick prayer with our friends who are listening, who are coming up against this, but shame, friends, that is not of God. We all yeah. are struggling. We are all are battling, and we are hardwired we, lit, we are hard, hardwired beautifully after the image of God, but because of the fallen world we live in, Satan can manipulate that super easily. Um, and so we don't need to let shame interfere with the, our process of moving forward and doing the best we can to be the healthiest versions of ourselves and to protect our kids. Yes. So let's just take the next 30 seconds, one minute, and just do a quick prayer over these precious people who are listening. Um, We're going to end on this note. I want to thank Deb Rice for joining me today and last week to have this hard conversation. And believe me, friends, this isn't going to be the last one. So, Deb, I'm going to give it over to you. Okay. And one thing I want to add really quick is find a counselor or resource available, please, if you're already in this trench. Um, it's vital that you seek help. Um, I was just given a text message to the freedom, has great resources. Another great thing to look at. So let's pray. And then please feel free to connect with Carissa or I, and we can help navigate you if you're needing some resources in this area. Yes, 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 yes. 
All right. Dear Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for you touching our minds, our hearts, our bodies, our souls on this hard topic. Lord, as these hearers are hearing right now, I pray that you are speaking the truth into their hearts. Lord, that you navigate the ways to help make us clean in in your son's image. Lord, I pray for revitalization and no shame to come across with these hard topics. Lord, I pray that we know that we can have life again in abundance with you, Father. Let every one of us know that there is no shame in seeking help. There is only hope and light and your love above all else. Lord, let us be encouragers to one another as we walk some dark roads, but Lord, you are ahead of us in every step of the way. Lord, I pray that the epidemic of pornography is being shut down day by day and we are the ones to carry out this battle where this war will be won in your honor and in your name. And Jesus, we love you and we are so grateful for you walking this out with us. In all these things, I pray in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. Amen. Amen.